Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Thanks so much for tuning into Bravo Happy Hour. Just a reminder that if you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts and give the show a five-star rating and leave a little review. It's super helpful for the show and allows for more Bravo lovers to find out about it. Today's co-host is comedian and author Kate Casey. She's the host of the hit pop culture podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey, and she recaps your favorite reality shows on her website, loveandknuckles.com. Welcome. This is so exciting for me. I am so thrilled to talk about all the things uh, that keep me up at night. Oh, I am thrilled to be here and to talk to you and to meet you. Yay. Well, to get to know you a little bit better, I'm going to ask you three questions. What is your favorite show on Bravo? Oh, my God. The, uh, it's hard to say because it changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Like some seasons of some shows are great. Some seasons suck. But I guess I feel like Real Housewives of New York continues to be one of my favorites. So if you were to ask me right now, I'd say Real Housewives of New York, but that might change. That's usually everybody's favorite. <laughs> what is your least favorite show? Although I will say, I also really like Mexican Dynasties right now. I'm really into that show. My least favorite show, I have a hard time getting into um, Real Housewives of Potomac sometimes. I just feel like I don't really care. I don't really care that much of any of them yeah, right now. That's kind of understandable. It's probably that one. So, oh, you know what else? I, I'm re- I'm good friends with Stephen McGee, who was on the first two seasons of Summer House, and because he's not on the show anymore, I'm not really invested in that show. Have you watched any of the season? I watched a little bit, and I was really bored. I also feel like Carl is acting. I don't <laughs> totally. I don't really think that's who he is. So yeah. I have a hard time. I do like Lindsay Hubbard a lot. But I don't really care about anybody else. Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't think any of them really have any, like, redeeming qualities or have any, like, ability to grow, like, a little bit on these reality shows. I like to see, like, any sort of inkling that these people, like, may be good people. But on Summer House, everyone's just kind of, like, an asshole and, like, a drunk. And it's not always, like, so fun to watch privileged white people just, like, getting drunk all the time. Well, I also feel like they're a little bit too old now because I'm from back east and the house shares are typically people that are a, a little bit younger. So I'm much more interested in somebody who 
is just starting to make money in their career and is still at that phase where they're starting to get to know new people. I feel like at the age that the people that are on the current show are, they've been going there for long enough. They're still been in the careers for long enough. They're not really meeting new people. And that's essential for the show is to have an ongoing rotation of new people, but have strong relationships with the, with the cast that's there. So that's two of their problems. One, I don't think the people that are in that house are really friends. And two, <laughs> definitely not. I'm not really, I'm not really being introduced to people that are in that perfect summer house Hamptons wheel space, which is like 25 to like, 30. That's like the right age. And I think a lot of those people have aged out. Yeah. I want to see somebody who's about to get married also. I want anybody married on that show. I don't want anybody <laughs> who's about to get married. I want to see people that are starting to make money, who are single and ready to hook up, and are no way ready for marriage. So true. Yeah, this season we have like Amanda and uh, what is his name? And Kyle. And they are like gonna get engaged at the end of the summer and it's just like it's like this is so bad this is already such a train wreck what we're having to watch you guys date and cheat on each other back and forth back and forth and then you know you guys get engaged at the end it's just kind of sad to see all kind of unfold well that uh, also like are you gonna get engaged because you really want to marry this person or because you're stressed out enough of a story on a reality show that's the problem with so many reality shows is that i think that people who aren't on shows start to live their lives according to a playbook of the show that they're on. Like I have to make sure that I have to hold off on meaningful life experiences until I'm in the, the shooting window or I must come up with something that perpetuates a storyline so that I get a significant enough paycheck based on as much time on camera. Totally. Well, moving on, what is the Bravo star that you think should come back to a current franchise? I have to say Simon and Alex from Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> I, I really think they're fantastic television. I think they should come back, and I also think that they've had some enough time off camera to have some perspective, but they're also very clever in the way that they look at different shows. So I think it would be really funny to have them come back and hang out with Tinsley. I feel, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they always... They always per they always wedge them in this character of like they wanted to be in society and I don't necessarily believe that that was what they wanted. I feel like they wanted their own press, but not to be considered amongst you know the the louder family or mm-hmm. you know the high profile financial families in New York. I think they were happy to be known as like the hipsters of Brooklyn. Yeah, and I think, like, they always thought that they were, like, cut from a different cloth from the other people, like, with their, like, gothic townhouse, and, like, you know, you go to Ramona's house, and it's, like, so typical Upper East Side, you see her Hamptons home, like, so typical of that kind of look, and the two of them were, like, we're edgy, we're this, we're that, it's, like, (laughs) okay, guys, but they did bring a certain spice. So, so they they were not necessarily this couple that wanted an entree into New York society as it was first put out that show they were not that way at all and then now they live in australia so i'm gonna say actually i would like to see a bravo show about alex and simon's new life in 
in that area. Fame Bay or a Byron or Bay or something. It's like a Byron Bay is supposedly super high profile, gorgeous. I'd like to see a little bit into their life now because I'm sure that they're friends with super interesting rich people there. I want to I want a reality show about that area. By the way, thank you or bravo, you're welcome. I just came up with a great show. <laughs> you got to pitch it. I know. Well, speaking of Real Housewives of New York, Bethany Frankel, who is obviously currently still on the show, has been in some hot water with Paris Jackson. So on March 16th, TMZ reported that Paris Jackson, who's obviously the daughter of Michael Jackson, had attempted suicide and was taken to the hospital after she allegedly tried to slit her own wrist after, obviously, the aftermath of Finding Neverland, which is a documentary all about her late father's sexual assault with children. Yikes. So Bethany ended up tweeting, I am so upset about Paris Jackson, who allegedly attempted suicide. We are the product of our parents' unresolved issues. She's a very loving person who needs help without looking for praise. My heart is with her. I hope she takes away her sadness. And then Paris Jackson responded to Bethany saying, lies, 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 oh my God, and more lies. So it was odd that she decided to respond to Bethany out of all the people who can I imagine were hitting her up. I read that totally differently. Okay. Uh, First of all, I think that this is my own personal opinion. This is not based on any inside knowledge. I really don't have any. But I just did interview the director of Leaving Neverland. So I feel like I'm knee deep in this (laughs) kind of uh, drama. I think that someone in the Jackson estate probably put out that information because I think they're frustrated by the amount of money they're losing now because so many people are pulling money from Michael Jackson projects. Mm -hmm. And I think the only way they feel like they can stop chatter about Michael Jackson is to pull on the stories of the kids. Like you got, like if we put a story out about, Paris doing something to herself, then maybe people will feel bad enough to stop talking about Michael Jackson because they tried to say, well, Michael Jackson's dead. So we have to leave him alone. And people didn't really care about that. Yeah. So I think that family is so twisted. Mm-hmm. It would, I wouldn't put it past them for them to put that story out. So I feel like Paris Jackson's response is like, are you kidding me? I did not kill myself. Like maybe I said, I want this all to stop or something, but like this is to stop. So I think when she's responding to Bethany, it's because within that hour, TMZ put a story out and then all of these people can imagine her Twitter feed is filled with thousands, thousands of responses. Paris, don't do it. Don't do it. We love you. And she may or may not really know Bethany well, but this person who has over a million Twitter followers is putting out a message of like hope, and love and she's like this is a lie like i am fine like this is bullshit so i think oh. that's probably what was going on i don't think she really is calling bethany a liar i think she's just saying oh my god you guys stop like i'm fine so true so then bethany ended up following up with another person's sweet who said i don't know but paris is calling you out after your post Bethany then responds saying, well, something is amiss. I will not explain how I know her because that would betray confidence, but something is off here. That I can assure you. So when I saw that, when she said, I will not explain how I know her, I'm like, I guess maybe they have like some inner circles, but you think like Bethany and Kyle knew each other from growing up. Like there's a good chance that Bethany kind of 
may have run in a similar circle as Michael Jackson at some point. Maybe not with like little boys well, hanging around, but like... I I think Bethany is one of those people where she knows everybody. I I am telling you, she has connections in Hollywood because she worked with the Hiltons and she lived there for a good period of time. She just is a person oh, who like just yeah. knows people. She also knows people in the finance world. But I was with somebody recently. And they said that they went on – oh, I know who it was. They went on a trip to Africa for – this is somebody who is a celebrity, but that does a lot of charity work but never talks about it. And they told me that they went on a trip and Paris Hilton – or Paris Hilton, Paris Jackson was on this charity trip with them. And she never talked about it. So I do think that that's true. She does a ton of charity stuff, Paris Jackson, but just doesn't talk about it. So I think, one, Bethany probably does know her. But I also think when she's saying something's amiss, I don't think she's talking about Paris. I think she's talking about the family around her. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. The whole thing makes me uncomfortable. Obviously, like, Paris Jackson's so young. And obviously, like, going through what she's going through with, like, the sad reality that, like, well, first know, of all, her dad is being... I don't, I don't trust anybody in that family. So imagine, that's the only Ugh. family that she knows, yeah. right? So she's trapped. What she really needs is somebody like me who will <laughs> let her come and stay at my house and then we'll protect her and not talk about her personal business. But I think it's really hard for her to do that because every person she meets, she has the Jackson estate breathing down her neck. Yeah. She's told all the time, oh, they just want you for your money. And I'm sure there are people that do, but I'm sure there are a lot of people that actually just like her as a human being. And from what I understand from this girlfriend of mine who does charity work that she does too, she says, despite what you would think, she is a very kind, sweet, normal person. Hmm. Well, hey, I guess we'll just kind of see how that all ends up. You know, obviously, we don't want her to do anything crazy. But speaking of um, children of, I guess, famous people, quote-unquote famous people, Taylor Armstrong from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. If you guys remember her, she was a main cast member on seasons one through three and then was just a guest from four to six. So her husband, Russell Armstrong, ended up committing suicide after he was um, accused, well, it was obvious that he was um, beating Taylor, he was in all this debt, blah, blah, blah. So he ended up committing suicide, and they had a daughter, Kennedy, together, who is now currently 12, and Taylor was on a podcast called Divorce Sucks, which is hosted by Laura Wasser. It's like a celebrity divorce attorney's podcast. And so she was saying that her daughter Kennedy, who I believe was like six at the time when he killed himself, that the daughter has no interest in having any memories about Russell. And she said that the psychiatrist keeps telling her to bring up her father and so that she doesn't like forget or disappear that he ever existed. And Kennedy basically said, you know, why would I try to remember someone who would scream and punch you? So it was interesting that now her daughter has, you know, obviously kind of saw what was happening, even though it was, quote-unquote, happening behind closed doors. And it's kind of powerful that Taylor's actually talking about this publicly. I mean, you're a mother, so you probably have an interesting insight on this. Well, it's hard to really comment because I've never been in this position. I really think this is the kind of thing that unless you've walked in her shoes, you have no idea how you would react. Mm -hmm. I think it's such a complicated issue because, first of all, her husband was awful, uh, clearly was an awful person. Yeah. And she did write a book where she talked in detail about the abuse that she suffered at, at his you know, hands. So 
her daughter it's, was bound to find out what her father did. And mm-hmm. she has every right, Taylor, to tell her truth. And I do think telling her story was probably enormously helpful to many women who watch that show. And I do appreciate her honesty because here is this show that it's about glamour and this like opulent lifestyle. But if you peel the layer back layers back, they're obviously so, (laughs) so much, so much commonality to other women throughout Mm -hmm. the country. Right. So I do appreciate it wasn't all rainbows and sunshine. And she did say like, listen, I've been in an abusive relationship. So her daughter's down, bound to find out. She wrote a book. Their relationship was on television. If you Wikipedia her, she could read about her own father online. Um, but I don't know the intricacies of if your father kills himself, you know, h- how you approach that from a therapist's perspective. Like, how do you still talk about him? So I don't really know. I just can say that I, my heart breaks for this little girl because – She's had such a rough road, but it sounds like the stepfather that she has probably is very involved in her life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess it sounds to me like the therapist is pushing it a little bit too much. Like, I think we need to kind of let the child dictate how much they want to talk about it. Certainly. And if Taylor is saying, like, she's like, oh, you know, not, none of this ever happened in front of Kennedy. And then Kennedy's like. You know, just because my door was closed doesn't mean I didn't hear things. But, uh, but yeah, mean... but she, but she also again, like the show's been on television. Yeah, true. It's been on television, she wrote a book, and you can read about it on Wikipedia. Yeah. So some of those YouTube. memories are probably from Wikipedia, the show, and the book. Uh, yeah, I do feel bad for her. But on this podcast, she said that her new husband, who actually helped her throughout like all of her divorce stuff, he wasn't her direct attorney, but I think he was helping her keep everything straight that he really has taken on like a fatherly role for Kennedy so I'm just glad at least that she met him when she was probably young enough where she could actually have like a true connection with him and he can maybe take on like a better fatherly role than Russell who was you know what I you know what is sad I wonder how much this would have gone on had she never been on the show right because if she she's on the show she has to be she's confronted with this horrible secret, right? She's confront, she's confronting it and she's exposing it in, to some degree to a viewing public. Mm-hmm. So had she never been on the show, how much longer would this have gone on? Well, exactly. And at least she had the show to give her like money-making opportunities. She mentioned in this podcast that he had control over all of the bank accounts. He controlled all of the money. All she had were credit cards, so she couldn't even get cash. And when she was seeking out lawyers and people to help her, once she kind of realized, like, oh, shit, I have to get out of here. And, like, once this airs on TV, like, he's going to pretty much go crazy. All of them said, you know, like, liquidate all your assets. Like, get cash, get cash, because you're going to have to think of a plan. You're going to have to get an apartment. Basically, like, Dirty John, you know, like, you have to have your plan set before you leave because he is an abusive man like you don't know what will happen when you finally address like what's happening uh in your relationship like he could go crazy he could hurt her he could hurt the daughter so she said she was in this like place where she's like i have no other option like i kind of have to stay with him because until i have some money and then at least hopefully the show gave her some money and then her book so she probably had some like brand deals or something but I'm just glad That's she's awful. Do you that. remember in the beginning of that show, though, she said the fir- that season that she was on in the beginning, she said that she was a consultant, but he would downplay her company. He'd always say, yeah, whatever. Like, like what do you have, two clients? Like, well, she's... But he, he was also committing financial fraud at the same time. So it's so exactly. awful. 
Well, I think once he passed away, she had to pay all of his debts back because they actually never got divorced prior to him killing himself. So once he passed, all of his debt got moved on to her. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One, I thought we were rich. Two, you've been abusing me. Three, now you're dead and I have to pay all of your debt back. I have to pay all your mistakes. Like, I could Ugh. not even imagine. Oof. What an awful person. <laughs> but how how dare he demean her in that in those beginning episodes? Oh, yeah. Like, you don't have a real job. Like, screw you. So many men on these shows do that as if, like, you know, that they have all of these, like, fancy jobs. Like Jim Bellino on The Real Housewives of OC. He would always put down Alexis, put down Alexis. And then, you know, now it's coming out that, like, she has to pay him child support. It's like, come on, you fucking pigs. Like, you know. like. Although, I, I do appreciate... Uh... I don't know. Like a lot of these shows, it's not all opulence, but like Mm -hmm. it does peel back the layer of people's relationships in some way. And I feel like all there's some something about there's at least one housewife, right, that everybody can relate to. I don't know. It's a different person for every everybody. Mm -hmm. But I do appreciate that the, the way that some of these cast members are willing to peel the layer back and they will look, they get as much as they get praised, they also get backlash. So to open yourself up to, to that, you know, I, I, I'm not signing up for it, but a lot of people would. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Well, moving on to news coming out of Southern Charm, Patricia Altschul, who's obviously just the OG of Southern Charm, has been subpoenaed to <laughs> testify for Catherine Dennis and Thomas Ravenel's current legal battle over the custody of their four-year-old daughter Kenzie and their three-year-old son St. Julian. So Patricia obviously is requesting she not be deposed for this case because she believes that her loyalty has shifted from Thomas to Catherine. So for her to go and um, like stand and agree with Thomas at this point doesn't really seem like it would do Thomas any good. Are you a Southern Charm fan? Actually, wait, yes, Shep went on your show. Yeah, no, yeah. I've had Chef, I've had Catherine, I've had Danny, um, Craig. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Those are, like, Southern Charm is 
I think probably my one of my favorite shows on Bravo. It's just it's so good, and the whole cast is perfect. I think I'm in love with Shep actually. He okay, so he this is what Shep needs. I feel like I I've pegged down the kind of girl he needs. He wants somebody who's really really smart. So if you're going to date him, you need to be able to talk about books. I mean, he, he comes from a family where all they do is read books. So you have to be able to talk about um, John Irving and <laughs> Confederacy of Dunces and different <laughs> literature is very yeah. important to them. He wants somebody who will not pressure him about the lifestyle that he wants to lead. So if you want to be married to somebody who um, goes to an office nine to five, has a retirement well he has a retirement plan but he's yeah, not going to go to an office <laughs> he's always going to have a kind of job mostly he's going to be he, he will always have a job that's very that works around his schedule and that might drive a lot of women crazy um and he's also somebody who like enjoys cocktails so well speaking of he actually was at a golf tournament down in florida this weekend and he was sitting on the 17th hole at this big vip event and (laughs) he drank too much and the security took him out and they said he was like being completely belligerent he was pestering guests and then he got up and was dancing (laughs) and blocking everybody's views so he actually got kicked out of the vip tent which is amazing and it's on video it wasn't that dramatic he just immediately got out but i can imagine the person who had to tell on him to be like dude (laughs) I think well I think that a lot of these reality stars they go places and people just give them free things and I like I imagine you go to a place like this and then people keep sending you drinks but for for a lot of them I think it's hard for them to just politely decline (laughs) they just feel bad like oh you just bought me a mint julep so I'll just drink it I'll say this about Shep is that he is one of the only people on reality television who will own his mistakes. So he'll say, oh my gosh, I was a real asshole and I'm so sorry. I'm totally embarrassed. I went out, you know, I crossed the line. (laughs) He'll say it. Most people will not do that. Yeah, that's pretty true. And I think he also like, as much as people like villainize him for not wanting to get married, it's like, what is he? 38? Like, that's not so crazy old to not be married. Like, I think probably in the South they have different ideas, but, like, I am I live in New York City. Like, I know people in their late 30s who are who are just still dating and does, don't even want to get married, you know? Like, it just seems like they put such a pressure on him, and especially, like, having relationships, which, you know, tanked. Like, he's like, well, I don't want to find a wife just yet. Like, maybe he does, but he doesn't seem like he's really, you know, dying to get tied down and obviously he doesn't need to because he's just like getting drunk on golf courses and like having a ton of fun he has a a super fun life Uh, i i don't know many dudes that would probably give up (laughs) that kind of life to get hitched and have like a crying baby at home i think he loves being able to travel go to golf events Uh, seems pretty great to me seriously yeah he they do kind of have like a dream life like I follow Naomi on Instagram and she's always like doing something beautiful with her hot boyfriend and just their great little life I'm like I cannot wait to see what shit is actually happening behind the scenes and actually going to be on Southern Charm because they they bring real true crazy drama but yeah I guess Catherine is obviously refusing to go into court with Catherine and Thomas which is great because that is so messy already like and I don't think Patricia needs that crap in her life at this point I don't know uh 
I don't know how that'll go. I, I, it, it does seem stupid. I mean, she barely talks to Thomas anymore. And when you have to understand that when she did talk to Thomas, he, it was a one-sided story. He's just feeding her information. That was a complete lie. So it's kind of dumb to bring her in because she had no information at that point other than his side. Yeah, I don't think it'll really work for him. And also, like, dude, you're being alleged of of so many terrible things. And, like, <laughs> like, if anything, more people will just come out in the future. So I don't think anyone's really believing him. Yeah. <laughs> but saying in the somewhat south, the Real Housewives of Potomac trailer for season four aired this week. Obviously, you said you don't think Potomac is your fave. However, this season trailer is so good for the upcoming season. I... I'm so excited. I kind of think this show and Dallas too, like they don't get like the love from Bravo fans because it's not like an OG city or whatever. But I really think Potomac is, is lightning in a bottle, especially last season. Last season was just so good in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not really, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't agree with you. I will say I've interviewed Robin and oh. kind of kept in touch with her and I really like her. Um, but it's, I just, feel like there's not that much going on in that city so, it's weird for me i have to tell you it's weird though but because i because i lived in washington dc for a long time so it's just it's like it's like my husband works in technology he doesn't want to watch the show silicon valley mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't really mirror the dc that i experienced that i had i mean they're just going around to cocktail parties and I'd really like to see the real DC, the people that are working in policy. Uh, but of course they're too private to do so. So I don't know. I'm just not as much into that city. Well, I'm excited to see how they play out with the Ashley and Michael Darby abuse claim. So like back on episode one of the show and then follow up on episode three, we talked about how Michael was allegedly grabbing his, the camera guy's ass while they were on set one day which is crazy. It's like, of course you do it to the camera guy who literally could just point his camera at you and catch it. But he, the, the charges were allegedly dropped. However, I, I don't know. I don't know who's in the right, but obviously all the ladies address it with Ashley and she starts obviously bugging out. And now they're accusing her of drinking too much, which they, they do a lot of that on this show. Even though as I say that, I'm like, wait, no, that's literally the plot line of all of New York City right now. So I guess most of the shows just kind of yeah, put drinking I, I, like problems. All these shows, they drink way more than I can imagine. I mean, I'm like, I have like one <laughs> margarita and I have to go to sleep. So I cannot understand it at all. I, I think that Ashley, I don't think she's really in love with that guy. I think she just wanted a baby. So now that she's pregnant, I think she's got what she wants and she'll probably end up divorcing him. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. And last year they had that whole thing where it was like, this is our contract. If we break up after five years, this is what you get. If, and then this is what you get if you don't make it to five years. And this is what you get. So she's probably like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me stay with this guy. Get my five years in. Get a baby out of it. Well, that's 18 years of money. And then, you know, we can kind of <laughs> see where our marriage goes. But he's like literally in his 70s. So and yeah, she's I don't, like, think, I don't think she even cares about it. I don't think she even cares about his money. I think she just wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Well, I reported on my last show. She just recently opened up about how she was, like, sexually abused throughout her whole childhood and how, like, her childhood was just so fucked up. So she's probably wanting to maybe give, I don't know, give a child a good life. I don't know. It makes me sad. But I really like her. And 
then we kind of see all the girls. They take a cash trip to New Orleans, which who knows what that'll be like. Giselle is there. She finally calls out Robin and Juan for still being on and off, on and off together, which at this point, it's like, why do they keep bringing it up? Like, obviously, Robin's not going to change her relationship status also like Like, who cares like who cares so what i mean they have kids together i mean that's mm -hmm. great they're having sex awesome probably their kids (laughs) are going to be happy about like at the end of the day does it really piss you off if somebody else is having sex or not like who cares (laughs) i don't know i guess the only problem would be if like juan is still like cheating on her and like hooking up with other girls like i I wonder what that no but like who cares like that's his that's her problem not mine you know (laughs) seriously i mean that will be her entire storyline so we will get like 15 episodes of that and then monique i will say i will say this juan is one of the cutest housewives or husbands (laughs) yeah no i totally agree he's 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 really cute Monique is pregnant, who cares? Candace is getting married, who cares? Karen Huger, nothing really other than just, like, being dramatic. I don't think Karen's really in love with her husband. I think she should, she'd be much more interesting on TV if she divorced that old man (laughs) and started dating. I totally agree. And if she moved to a new city, like, get out of D.C., she, if Karen Huger moved to New York City (laughs) and started a new life as a single woman in New York City, I'd watch that show. But this show, she's super boring. I'd want, like, her and Ramona Singer to go on, like, singles dates and, like, go to singles bars together. Yeah, I would like to see Karen work for, like, in the publishing industry or something and start dating. That would be interesting. (laughs) But I don't feel like she's happy in D.C. And she's not kidding me with this marriage. I just don't see her that happy. I always love a baby. So if somebody's having a baby, I'm thrilled for them. Um, Monique just seems too, like, normal. I I mean, she's (laughs) nutty, obviously, if she's on TV. But she's not that compelling i don't know and then um who's the other one candace the new girl candace i just find her totally unlikable i don't like spoiled bratty 30 year old women i don't like it it's just like get off the tv and uh i don't want to see a season of her mother she's upset with her mother because her mother's in her life it's like well you've had her pay your bills all these years (laughs) so you're the ding dong that allowed it yeah, and I mean, I just remember watching last season and all of, like, the budgeting and, like, being like, why won't my dad give me an extra 75 grand? It's like, well... I didn't... It's... By the way, I didn't believe any of that. Yeah. I don't really... <laughs> I think it was all exaggerated for television. I don't think she spent that money on her wedding. I think if you're going to spend that much money on a wedding, you're dumb. <laughs> spend that money on a down payment for a house. Like, no, no one is going to care in a couple of years, you know, what kind of table sconces you had or if you had... <laughs> moe champagne at your wedding like just go elope (laughs) i totally agree well season four comes back to bravo on sunday may 5th at 9 p.m which is also a great sunday prime time at 9 p.m it's a good oh i will say this the katie storyline that now that's compelling yeah I i don't know what's going on but at the same time i'm like should she be on television because something is really going wrong. Yeah, I don't think she really needs to be back on television, like, for her own mental health. However, I'm so excited to watch what goes down, because she goes on the cast trip to New Orleans, and God knows, you know, New Orleans is basically just known for, like, obviously it's beauty, but, like, you know, going out and drinking and partying nonstop. So I can only imagine. I don't know. Like, that story, something's off, and I don't know if I feel good about that being on TV. No, I don't really either. I think she needs probably... 
to take a step back, <laughs> but speaking of a new show that's actually coming to Bravo, obviously Below Deck and Below Deck Med are huge successes for Bravo. They are going to be expanding their franchise with a new show with the working title Below Deck Sailing Vessel. So according to a casting agency, Below Deck is looking for yachties who are sailboat trained. So I guess it's going to be setting, it's going to set sail around Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard, which is obviously on the East Coast. And they're looking for a chef, stews, deckhands, first mate, you know, the whole thing. And a female deckhand. So I'm so excited about this. Yeah, Cape Cod's like my favorite, one of my favorite places in the world. Um, my friend Kaki Twist, that's her real name. She <laughs> and her husband have been in the yachting industry, industry for a long time. And I asked, I texted her today to ask her what she thought about this. And she said, yachting and sailing are like these sailboats, like it's two different worlds. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's I, I one of my favorite interviews was the with the the guy that created Below Deck. Oh, and you had one with him. Yeah. Oh my God, it's my one of my favorites. Ooh, He's created so many awesome surreal life, flavor of love, um, the, the Brett Michaels <laughs> show, <laughs> but he also created Below Deck, and he explains how they came up with the idea for the show, how they produce it. And I, um, I think that they have had such a great idea for a show. I am more compelled by the charter guests than I am with the actual <laughs> staff. Like that, that doesn't really interest me so much as the weird people that come on board the charters. And I think it's totally probably a different crowd of people who would go on a sailboat versus like a mega yacht. You know, it's probably like waspier and a little. I know, but that's my favorite. I oh, love yeah, wasp same. <laughs> I want to see waspy all day long. <laughs> same. I want to see people get on with vineyard vine flip flops on <laughs> and black dog sweatshirts. Yes. Who, who have old, old money and lots of secrets. Yeah, I can't. I think that's going to be that might be one of my favorites. Yeah, this is going to be good. And also, obviously, a sailboat is just so much smaller. The galleys, the stew stations, living quarters, everything is tighter. So you can just imagine that all the drama will probably just be amplified. And also, I love on like current seasons of Below Deck, I like when the crew uh, is having an argument and then like the guests are kind of watching the crew have arguments and kind of freak out. Like I got I get pleasure out of that. Them being like, wow. You know, these people are so unprofessional. They're screaming at each other from the the galley or I don't know any of the boat terms. But it should be it should be interesting and I'm excited to watch. And obviously it'll probably be filming this summer, I'm assuming. If it's gonna be Cape Cod, they need to film in the summertime. Definitely in the summertime. Otherwise it's pointless. It's so beautiful there. It is so beautiful there. It's just gonna be more luxury porn and places I wanna go, just adding adding to the list. I know. So good. I do love a Yaspi story, though. Oh, same. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Kate. This was so great. Where can people find you and listen to your show? My show's called Reality Life with Kate Casey. Uh, it comes out every Friday. I interview people on reality shows, producers, directors, and then I have two segments where I force somebody to watch <laughs> a show of a reality television show. It's often hilarious. This week, uh, my guests are uh, the director of Leaving Neverland on HBO. I have a review of Sister Wives and Outdaughtered on TLC. And the next week's episode is with the director, creator of Hard Knocks on HBO, which is the show where they go behind the scenes of an NFL oh, training yeah. camp. Yeah, I've heard that one's and actually I, pretty good. 
that show. And then I have a guy who's a stand-up comic who's never watched an episode of Real Housewives of New York, so that should be funny too. But And then you can go to Facebook and check out my Facebook page for my podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey. And then I'm on Twitter at Kate Casey. I tweet about shows and during shows during the week. And my Instagram is at Kate Casey CA. My website is loveandknuckles.com. Yay. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So fun. Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you love the show, be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you have any hot takes, gossip, or info about Bravo TV, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com. While you're at it, make sure to follow Bravo Happy Hour on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, and check back every Monday and Thursday for a new episode all about your favorite Bravo celebrities.